Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, if you haven't looked at what the markets finished out like, just bypass the screen for a little bit. That is, unless you're on the livestock side, then you might be a little bit happy. As we look at what's happening in this uh, grain market, of course, we saw a bit of a struggle bust for the beans as we finished out the week. Uh, following of the stock market, how much of that is going to influence and continue to influence what we see in these grain markets? So we're going to bring in the expert, Sue Martin. Sue joins us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And I think first and foremost, Sue, this struggle bus that's been happening and the following of the stock market, is this going to be a trend we're going to see for a while? Well, I tend to think so. Um, I think that, you know, we're coming into a weekend. The fear this week was coronavirus was getting worse. I think we're settling down as with Super Tuesday Pass. Now we're starting to settle down a little bit on the political side of things, which I do think was running the Dow, uh, both up and down. But I think that when we look at it being a Friday, the market started to fall late yesterday and then, of course, closed horrible in the Dow yesterday and then, of course, followed through overnight. I think that, you know, the money coming out of the Dow is just, it's nervous. And when you have uncertainty, it's going to try to find a door because the Dow was just all-time high, you know, this last year and wasn't too far from it again this year. Uh, to start with. So uh, the White House economist a year ago in January had said that he thought we would see 30,000 on the Dow. And at that time, the Dow was around 22 to 23. And so he was, he was, that was a stretch, a big forecast. Then this January, he came out and said he still thought the Dow could get to 30. Well, that's not near the stretch when you're sitting around 28, 29. So I think that when you've got all the moving parts going on that we've got between politics, uh, be it whether it's uh, President uh, Potential, um, Vice President Joe Biden, and um, Bernie Sanders, who's viewed as socialistic, and then you've got, you know, of course, Trump's out there, but I don't think he's driving the market. I think it's the the toss-up between the other two on the Democratic side. But then you have the coronavirus and what's going on with that around the world and being in the U.S. Granted, those that I'm told that had been out in Washington, I have a client whose uh, son works in the hospital that um, eight of those people that passed were in his ward and or floor. And he basically said they were over 60 and all of them had compromised immune systems. And so Consequently, they didn't do so well. Well, you know, um, I think, you know, I look back to the SARS, and in the SARS, I think uh, the death loss was, out of all the cases, was around 2.4% or something like that. And now we're over 3% here um, around the world with death loss um, via the percentage of all the cases. In fact, it's like around the last I looked, 3.4, maybe 3.5. So it's viewed as that being a little worse than what SARS was. And yet, and I usually have a pretty darn good a memory of history, and I really don't recall SARS being so touted, so um, broadcast, so bad, nor do I remember MERS being that bad. And, and yet I remember looking back at charts from the SARS, we broke from February to July on corn, 
copper, crude oil, and hogs. And, you know, but this time around, we've got China as a major buyer. And there's rumors or talk that China has bought three to five cargoes of U.S. sorghum, which is very positive and uh, good for those producers, I guess. But on the same token, um, you know, there's also rumors that um, uh, China will take some DDGs, but we haven't seen them even sniff at DDGs yet. But I also think that China will take some corn, but it's going to be, is it right in front of us? Probably not. Um, but if they start to fear our, our weather, because our weather forecast from sources that we use uh, that did absolutely catch it good last year or predict it, um, they're predicting a, a warmer and drier spring summer all the way into the end of July. And if that is the case, um, you know, China might start to get a little nervous about that. And then they step up and become more aggressive. But I do think that when you look at China, also, there's talk that they're also looking at um, buying some pork as well. And the hog market is higher, but they ought to. You know, they're taking a lot of pork now as it is. It's just we're producing plenty. And uh, But I think China's, you know, they've been getting way more pork than what was even being let on. And so I sometimes I question the USDA's data, but... That's just my wag theory. Well, you're not the only one that questions uh, when stuff comes out. And you, know, you talk about China and everything that's been happening globally. I think we had so much Sue banked on. Phase one was signed. Good. Now we can move forward and let's get these purchases made. And then we had coronavirus and it has just continued to back up what we've seen on the docks, what we've seen in lack of movement, uh, even out of the P&W because of it. Exactly. And one thing I will say, now granted the crude oil is down hard, but 3832 basis the lead contract is a major wave count to the downside. So you're not super, super far away from that. And the market might go down to it because crude oil uh, does respond to concerns about global economies. You know, manufacturing isn't operating as much. Uh, you know, look at the flights, how they've been slowed up and not going into China and what have you. Well, that's fuel that's not being used. And so, you know, and fuel doesn't go out of condition. And then you look at um, uh, the dollar, and, of course, this is kind of what Trump wanted to see. President Trump had, for some time, wanted to see the dollar go down. Folks, we've got more coming up. Welcome back to the final final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin continues to join us from Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Wanted to talk before we jump over to the livestock side. We know that there's been some challenges a little bit in, in South America, but really harvest seems to be moving along, but not a lot of talk about where the numbers are. And I know there's been some some la- less acres is the right word to use maybe when it comes to the Safrina corn crop as well. Well, I think the safrina corn um, crop is, from what I understand, it's going in fairly easily. Um, you know, they're, the pace of um, harvest on the soybeans isn't maybe what it was a year ago, um, but it's it's moving along. And the safrina corn going in, everything I've heard so far for Brazil everything's other than Rio Grande de Sul, everything's been pretty good. Now, Rio Grande de Sul, 
I've heard that yields there are down on beans, for example, about 10% from a year ago. So, you know, that province or state, you know, major producer is, you know, taking a back seat. But then there's others that are making up because the yields are just so darn good. So they're still talking, you know, production being like, say, around... um, uh, 124.5, 124.5 million metric tons to 125.5 million metric tons. USDA is sitting at 125. So we'll see what they do. Um, Agra consensus, uh, basically was more or less implying that the production was going to be pretty much a record production. So, you know, they're looking good. But then you've got Argentina. And Argentina and southern Brazil has remained quite dry. And for Argentina, that may become a concern here if they finish the month of March, which is just really, you know, we're just ending the first week. But the month of March, um, if they remain warmer than normal and dry, that could start to turn the tide for them. And all of a sudden, they're going to be a concern. They went through and slowed up exports. In fact, they stopped exports until further notice, and I think now they're going to start letting things come around. But they met with some farm groups this week, and they increased uh, the export tax by 3%. So they took it from 30 to 33%. So farmers probably aren't real happy, but to my knowledge, they haven't increased or done anything yet with corn or wheat so therefore that is a plus and you know when you look at Mato Grosso landlocked largest producing province um, lots of livestock poultry and cattle facilities and they kind of tried to gravitate with production growing in that area to try to help the farmers in that region because they were so landlocked and so far from ports that they their prices were you know, behind others, and that helped. But JBS has recently been importing corn out of Argentina. As we jump over to the livestock side, this cattle market, who would think about the correlation between coronavirus and the cattle market? I could see it maybe more on the hog side, but to have it affect the cattle like it has? Well, I think, Susan, where it comes in there on the cattle market is uh, the concern that people won't go out to restaurants um, and fear, you know, if you're seeing a lot of people wearing masks, they probably aren't going to go to restaurants either and just in fear that they run into someone who maybe could be a carrier or have it and so I think that's part of it and then there's that old saying, as goes the Dow, so goes the cattle market and, you know, we all know how the Dow has been just all over the map this week. But um, I, I think the cattle market, you know, back in January, I was negative cattle, even without the knowledge of coronavirus. And I still believe that the cattle market, you know, what concerned me was last year we had an outside range year. But we closed the year out higher. And this year we've taken last fall's lows out, which was the lows for last year. We've taken those September lows out. That is not a good sign for this market. Hopefully, we're into what we'd call maybe a range-bound affair rather than one that's going to try to remain negative. But, you know, when cattle are going down, hogs tend to be a little better and vice versa. But while I'm talking to you, 
Gold is back up $18 an ounce. Silver's still uh, sluggish, but gold is rocking here. And, of course, the Dow is currently down 780 points. So, you know, this looks like we're going to end the week on our face a little bit, which doesn't spell good things for cattle as we move into next week. The best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you all have a great day. Thanks so much. Sue Martin's been joining us today for the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe for your podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.